0: Hey,
1: welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where I dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, com. That is where I am on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we talk about dissecting issues as right versus wrong, one of the fundamental things throughout history is men, there's men and women, there's boys and there's girls. And it is astounding to me that we have a piece of legislation in Colorado. It's House Bill 19. And and again, to explain that, if it comes out of the House, it's an HB House bill. If it comes out of the Senate, it's SB, Senate uh, uh, Senate bill. And then it'll have the year 19. So in this case, it's House Bill 191032. It is a sex education bill, which is the hyper-sexualization of our children. No longer letting our kids be kids and really being pushed forward with what I call the LGTB industrial complex. Uh, and and in this, it's astounding. I, I encourage you to read it for yourself. It says that LGTB experiences be taught, uh, starting in fourth grade for sure, although I think that uh, starting in kindergarten, and, and of course we have uh, Governor Polis that is advocating for all-day kindergarten, and uh, I think we as parents, we have to We have to say, hold on a minute. And so that is why I'm thrilled to talk with Carolyn Martin. She is the legislative liaison with the Christian Educators of Colorado. And uh, there's options out there for parents. And I I think we as parents and teachers, teachers out there, you have to say, not on my watch. But Carolyn Martin, you are on the, the forefront. You explain what you see from this House Bill 1032
0: yeah thanks Kim for having me on. Um, I think this bill actually forces moral education in the schools that 's contrary to me to reality i mean we 're it 's not reality that there are more than two genders it 's not reality that that homosexuality is good a good lifestyle for kids and I understand there are people that are caught up in this kind of stuff, but to promote it is normal and to make kids believe that because that they 're taking what they believe is right and wrong and turning it upside down well, I, and that's well, it, harmful to them. It is an inherently,
1: you know, I, I don't think kids are dumb. I think they're going to go, no, wait a minute. You know, I, I mean, there's boys and there's girls. I mean, yes. I, 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 I think that kids are kind of looking at adults going, really? I mean, I mean, I just think it doesn't make any sense, but, but you talk about um, kind of a, a new kind of a, a morality or a new religion. I I, I really think this is, is, in a way, this is a religion that is being taught. And, you know, we've seen the left that has used the Constitution and, of course, Jefferson's words about the separation of church and state, which that's not in the Constitution, basically – you know, he was refer had sent a letter to, um, oh, let's see, the Baptists. I, can, I can't remember which ones, but anyway, uh, affirming to them that they, the government would not say that you have to have a specific religion, a specific belief system. And so that has been used to actually take, you know, the, the, the teaching of the, the Judeo-Christian teachings out of schools. And, and we've kind of said, okay, you know, okay. Well, now we see a new religion is trying to take that place. Uh, its place, and that is uh, in House Bill 1032.
0: Exactly. That's that's really humanism, where people, they're pushing them, like you were talking about earlier, um, sexualizing our children, so that they focus on physical pleasure. And that is the religion of humanism, where we focus in on ourselves, and it redefines the family, emphasizing happiness and pleasure over responsibility, sacrifice, loyalty, and longevity. I mean, that's... That's the foundation of our society, and they've taken that – they're going to take that all away and strip it away from our kids. And so, yeah, we, there, is, there are options. <laughs> there are options. So. Uh,
1: you, uh, you know, uh, let's go – I want to talk about options, and let's do that in the next break. You mentioned okay. something, and I hadn't really thought about that, and that is, that is the difference between a classical liberal education, mm-hmm. uh, of which our founders certainly – they were not perfect people – uh, they they were men and women. They you know certainly humans. Uh, however, instead of focusing on the physical pleasure that we are now seeing with humanism, with that particular worldview, you know they were teaching how to have the tools and to think big thoughts and to listen to great music to be to strive to be the best version of ourselves. And you you saw this you know generally throughout the history of America. And uh, you get to, let's say, World War II. I have had the great honor to interview over 100 World War II veterans with my World War II project. And one of the things that the theme that I see is these guys always saw something bigger than themselves. They put their lives on the line because they knew that there was something bigger than themselves. They weren't looking just at their own physical pleasure, the whole humanism thing. They knew that there was something bigger than themselves, and that's one of the reasons why they were the greatest generation. And they came out of a classical liberal education which, uh, you know, you would never even have thought that you would have something like House Bill 191032 coming down the pike. So quick comment on that, Carolyn, and then we're going to go to break because I know parents, they're going to go, well, what do I do? And you've got some options. So what's your thought on this, uh, this last comment?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think the previous generations were seeking after truth, and there was a target that you could hit when it came to truth. There were absolute truths, men, male and female, you know. Um, Those things were absolute. They also, um, they extolled virtue, and they they looked for beauty in things. Mm -hmm. We are not doing that anymore. But a classical education can bring that back. To people, but um, yeah, we need to get back to those values where we're not thinking about just ourselves but other people.
1: Well, and a quick comment on that I actually went to see the Christian Dior uh, design uh, exhibit down at the uh, Denver um, uh, Art Museum on uh, Monday. And as you mentioned that as I was going through all the different designs when Christian Dior started it was really the designs were beautiful they they really enhanced a woman's beauty and as you saw the new designers come through and as you you could almost see as we were moving more and more towards humanism uh, throughout this last century you could see that in the designs where you got some things that they they really weren't as beautiful and uh, uh, so when you mentioned that, the previous generations they, they they sought beauty, they sought truth, and House bill 1032 is trying to teach a lie instead of searching for truth. And that is why we as parents and as educators have to take a stand. And I know as a mom, if if you know I knew that this was coming down the pike, I'd say, "What can I do about it?" because I, I, I think many people have thought, well, I could go to a charter school. Uh, but charter schools also receive public dollars, and any public do- uh, school that receives public dollars will be forced. They don't have a choice. They will be forced with this curriculum. So what can parents do? Carolyn Martin with Christian Educators of Colorado. You're the legislative liaison. There are options. So let's go to break. When we come back, I know parents are sitting on the edge of their seat to see what those options might be.
0: I believe that you- Hey, welcome back to
1: the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Carolyn Martin with the Christian Educators of Colorado, the legislative liaison. I believe that children are our future and uh, throughout the generations uh, great societies and great people they care about what they pass on to their their children and truth is one of those things and uh, the veil is off the veil is off on the democrat uh, activist progressive humanist agenda and now that the veil is off we know what we're fighting what what can parents do about this
0: great thank you kim um I work for Christian Home Educators of Colorado, and we believe that parents have an unalienable fundamental right to direct the upbringing, care, and education of their children, without government control. And so, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> we have that option here in Colorado. We have um, we celebrated our 30th anniversary last year of the homeschool law in Colorado, and it's a it's a moderate law compared to the rest of the states. But, um, but we do have a lot of freedom to be able to bring our kids home and decide what we're going to teach them. When you look at what's being taught in the public school, I, I asked a group, I said, is there any subject, any subject in the public school they're teaching your values or your even belief about what the world is, how the world looks in history and science and whatever area? Can you name one and no one could... Tell me any subject where they agreed with what they were being taught, and that's the thing. At home, you can teach them how you believe, how you see the world, what you know, how things are structured in your mind, and how things work. So, um, so we have this great freedom, and so parents should be should know about that. That there, that is an option. You can bring them home, and we, you know, a lot of us homeschool parents. We we live on single incomes, or even single parents are homeschooling, or have special needs kids. It's a sacrifice, but we're willing to do it because we know what what's in, at stake here.
1: Well, okay, uh, that may seem a little daunting. I mean, so you have a, a, a parent that cares deeply about their kids, cares deeply about their education. And the parent may say, I, "I don't know a if I'm up for that," and b then there's also the argument about um, the kids won't have you know won't meet other people, their socialization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's yeah. talk about that first question first. I'm I'm a parent. I care a lot about my kids. You know, but uh, you know I, I t- look at myself. And I'm like I I don't know that I'm capable of of homeschooling my children. What what would you say to a parent that has that question?
0: Well, that's great. I think. If you really care about it, you can learn how to do it. I remember when my son um, had some issues, and um, I was the OT, you know the occupational therapist would come by. I just learned everything about it, and I did that. We do that for our kids, right? And you can do that with this as well. We at Check we we say Check instead of co- the whole thing, but um, at Check we do have a conference where we help parents learn how to teach their kids. So we do have those resources. We do stuff during the year. There, there are groups that you can get uh, um, connected with, where they support you and help you. And so you're not doing this totally all alone. We, oh. we we're a community. There are over 40,000 students being homeschooled in Colorado. Okay, there are, so uh, there's help.
1: So there's a, a curriculum. It's not like okay, I'm sitting here and I have to just figure it out from ground zero. I mean, there's curriculum out there. There's tools that parents yeah. could, could uh, rely upon. And then you said there's 40,000 kids. And when you said check, that's uh, col- uh, Christian Educators Christian of Colorado. Educators of Colorado, yeah. Okay, exactly. so, so there's an infrastructure. You know, so there's, there's people you can talk with, and I imagine that there's probably parents that come together and say, hey, I'll take English, you take math, you take this, and, and maybe kind of a little co-op or something, right?
0: Exactly. There's lots of those across the state.
1: So, okay.
0: yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now, what about two other things? The socialization you know, and, and on one hand, as, you know, going to public school there certainly is the socialization, which can be a good thing, and it can be a bad thing as well. Right. Um, and then also sports. Say that you have a, a child that you know wants to play sports, and if they're going, you know, homeschool. I mean, so how would you address those two things? Because I think that those are a couple of questions that parents have.
0: Yeah, um, one of the things about socialization, we talked about opportunities for kids to get together. That, that is certainly there. I mean, a lot of homeschool parents take their kids to all kinds of activities just like they do in the public school. So they're getting that socialization on a peer level, but it's more monitored probably by parents than it is in the public school. But this, the great thing about, um, pu- uh, about homeschooling is that you get a variety of experience. You're not just talking to your peers. You're talking to older children, younger children, um, adults. So you have, you're working in a framework like you're going to when you go out in the world. Instead of being eight hours a day with the same age group, mm-hmm. you are, have a variety of experiences across the social spectrum. And so I think we think that's a positive instead of a negative. And then about sports, um, the public schools do, um, we do have access to the public school programs as far as um, sports go and even other things. If you wanted to do ROTC, those those programs are available to us as homeschoolers.
1: Okay. Now, you mentioned something about kids having access across the spectrum. And I, yeah. I mentioned that I've interviewed a number of World War II veterans. You know, and these were guys that came from the, the farms and the little towns and the villages and the cities. And um you know many of them didn't graduate from high school lots of them lied to get into the service at the age of 16 17 or 18 um but they they had the the tools that they could actually figure out how to build bridges uh you know these guys were navigators on bombers that they didn't have uh, a gps on how to figure out how to get the plane from from uh, england over to to bomb something in germany and back i mean they actually knew the tools they could figure it out and um you know, a lot of them came out of these little uh you know, two room schoolhouses. And uh if people would like to take a look and I know that there's uh there's those that have tried to say well maybe this isn't true, but there's an eighth grade final exam from Salina, Kansas in eighteen ninety five and my grandmother who uh, grew up in a two-room sod house on the plains of western Kansas, only had an eighth-grade education. However, she was smart as a whip, and she could do anything. I would recommend that you all go and take a look at this and see if you could pass this eighth-grade final exam in Salina, Kansas. And my point is, is they there? you had children anywhere from kindergarten, you know, all the way up to eighth grade, and they interacted together. The older kids taught the little kids. And those educations were really rich educations, uh, from, from what I can tell.
0: Exactly. And, and I think, you know, they spend a lot of time in the public school um, managing the crowd kind of thing, Yeah, <laughs> where you don't have to do that at home. You, you have opportunity to do a lot of other things outside of the home, you know, different field trips or whatever interests your child to, to really delve into those fields and meet the people who are doing those things. So, so it really affords you different opportunities. Um, and it's a lifestyle, really. I mean, the way that we look at it is we are discipling our children. The teachers at public school are discipling your children, but <laughs> we want to be able to be the one who's discipling our children in the way that they should go in the world.
1: Yeah, well, I tell you what, I trusted in some ways. I mean, my kids really had a, a good education. However, mm-hmm. there's some things that I'm pretty surprised about, um, <laughs> There was a book that uh, I think it's called "The Bluest Eye," uh, and and it is a, a book that came to my attention after we started this radio show that was being um, used in in public schools, and it was basically a kind of a, upheld pedophilia, mm. and um, I'm, I was just aghast. I just couldn't believe that. And you know, with the the group of women that that gets together at my house from time to time, we had a young gal, and I brought it up, and she said, "Oh well, yeah, I, I read that." And I'm like, you did. And then I happened to be going through, I have a whole bunch of books um, at my house and, and was going through a bunch of books. And there was that book in my house. And so I, I talked to my daughter about it and she said, oh, yeah, we had to read that in English class. And so, Carolyn, this was right under my watch. And I kind of wanted to kick myself. And I realized that we can't t- take things for granted. Uh, regarding our children's education. And so, of course, when this House Bill 191032, when I read it, it fired me up, and I'm like, wait a minute, parents have to know what's going on. And so kind of your final thought, there is an option out there. How can people get more information regarding the Christian educators of Colorado and how to homeschool your children?
0: Yeah, you can go to check. dot org, which is c h e c. dot o r g, and there's plenty of information there on the website. And you can give us a call if you have questions. It's not a problem. But before we go, Kim, can I just mention a couple of other bills that are that kind of dovetail with this? 10-302? Yeah, please do. Is that possible? Okay. Yeah. So HB nineteen, again, the House Bill nineteen. For This year, 1120 is the youth mental health education and suicide prevention bill, which is a misnomer because what it does is it lowers the age of consent um, to 12 for for 12 year olds to be able to get their own mental health care without consulting the parents. Oh my gosh! So that okay. kind of dovetails with this this agenda of sexualizing our kids because what would happen is in a in a school situation, a teacher would say, "Oh, you're struggling with your identity. Okay, well, let's get you in touch with this counselor. It will be a counselor that will be picked at the school. A lot of schools have their own counselors there, and um, they will be pushed into that to that lifestyle through the counseling okay you know so and the other thing, and it also provides for suicide prevention curriculum and mental health stuff all the way down to kindergarten
1: okay and we care about that but uh, once again what it says and what it does is uh, may be two different things we're just about out of time very quickly oh, okay. what's the other Sorry. one
0: the other one is hb 191129 it prohibits prohibits conversion therapy and that's a misnomer as well because really what it does is it stops anybody from not from um, from speaking anything except the homosexual agenda when you're in counseling
1: so. Okay, so that's read House,
0: the bill, but it's they're very short. <laughs> I'll read
1: it. So, House Bill nineteen eleven twenty, House Bill eleven twenty nine. We all have our homework. Yes. Go read that, Carolyn Martin with Christian Educators of Colorado. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it, and uh, we'll have you back. Keep us surprised of what's going on.